Heavenly Father, we are very grateful and thankful to you, God, for all that you have brought. Thank you for safety, protection on the roads, the wet roads. We don't want to take anything for granted with that. God, thank you for the backstories. And um, there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes. There's been a lot of prayers by this ministry, but there's been a lot of prayers by the leaders that brought these young people. There have been prayers and tears. And God, I just pray now that you would allow this day to be profitable in your sight. And may you bring honor and glory out of everything that's done. We ask now these things in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a topic that a lot of us don't like to talk about. And to be quite honest, I don't even like to really talk about it. But it's a topic that we have to talk about, and it's the topic of death. Now, you say, well, hey, hold on. First and foremost, I'm too young to die. Well, I think you probably know that's probably not the right answer. But you probably don't wake up every day thinking about death. I'm going to not so much speak about death this morning, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk about what happens after death. Now, there are people, probably if you go to public school, there are people who want you to believe that after death, that's it. There's no anything. You just die, and you disintegrate, and that's it. And that, 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 that is what some people believe, and I will tell you this, I understand why they believe that. They believe that because if there is something after death, they may have to give an account for how they lived their life. So if, if, there's, no, if there's nothing after death, then I don't need to say what I did or what I didn't do. There's no, there's no reason for that. I could just die and, and that's it. But I'm not here to talk about evolution. I'm not here to, but I'm here to say this. There is something that happens after death. And so this morning, we're going to look at something that happens after death. And I want you to take your Bibles, if you have it, take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 20. If you don't have it, I want you to listen very carefully as I read the scriptures. And there might actually be a Bible in the front pew or in the pew in front of you. Revelation chapter 20. So I want you to go all the way to the back of the Bible, almost to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 20. Now, who in the audience, young person, who in the audience can tell me who did God use to write the book of Revelation? Okay, right here. John. John. Okay, very good, very good. All right, so he used John to write the book of Revelation. Someone on this side, can you tell me where he was when he wrote it? Okay, all right, I already got you right here. Uh, Island of Patmos. Ah, uh, that is pretty good. That's very good. The Isle of Patmos, okay? You guys are smart. All right, so... God used John on the Isle of Patmos to write these visions that he saw. So what we're about to read is what John saw before he died. But as we read it today, this is what you might see after you die. So this is, this is where, we, where we're at now in Revelation chapter number 20. And verse number 11, the Bible says, I'm just going to read the first portion of the verse. It says, and I saw a great white throne. And I saw a great white throne. 
think we could say that together without even looking. Say it with me. And I saw a great let me hear the blue team. Let's go blue team. Let me see how well you can say it. And I saw a great white All right, red team. Let me hear you say it. So, before we get into the great white throne, let me make sure I specify this so that there is no confusion. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that after we die, there is a judgment. But there are two separate and individual judgments. One judgment is for those who accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. That is called the judgment seat of Christ. We're not talking about that this morning. So that is for those of you who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, that is where we will be judged. That's separate and apart from what we're speaking about today. What we're speaking about today is that there will be a time, if you have never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be a time that you will be judged at the great white throne judgment. So let's get some thoughts and get a little bit of understanding about this particular judgment. So first of all, the question is, who is the judge? So what's the first question? You can do better than that. What's the first question? Who is the judge? All right. So the judge is the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? The judge is the Lord Jesus Christ. So in heaven, during this great white throne judgment, Jesus Christ will be seated on this great white throne. Here's a couple of things about Jesus that you need to understand. Number one, his seat. The Bible says... It is a great white throne. So Jesus sits on a great white throne, and there are two trains of thought. The one train of thought is it's a great throne because of the rank and the person that sits on it. The other aspect is because of the splendor and how beautiful it is. I I have no problem thinking that it's both. It's a great throne because of the one who sits on it is great. There is none greater than the Lord Jesus Christ. So wherever he sits, it's a great throne, it's a great seat, it's a great pew, it's a great place. So Jesus Christ, as he sits on this throne, he makes it great because he is great himself. So he sits on this throne, so it says it's a great white throne. A lot of times you would see a woman, not every single um, wedding, but a lot of times you would see at a wedding, the bride comes down and she is wearing... It is supposed to show forth purity. It's supposed to show forth cleanliness. It's supposed to show forth that it is pure. So when we see that there is this great white throne, we understand that there is no sin in this throne. We understand that there is no evil in this throne. That Jesus Christ sits on this throne and he has never sinned. In fact, Jesus Christ has never even thought about sinning. So it's a great throne because of the one who sits on it. It's a great white throne because it is pure and without sin. And it is a throne because this is where he sits to judge. The judge sits on the throne. And so Jesus Christ sits on a great white throne. So he sits on this throne. 
But notice his appearance. That's his seat. Notice his appearance. It says, and I saw a great white throne. This is John in the Isle of Patmos, sees a vision from God. He says, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I started to say, what, what does that mean? I know some of you are reading that or you, you hear that. Let me, let me say it again. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it. He saw the person sitting on the great white throne and the person who sat on the great white throne from whose face, his face, the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. So I want you to understand now his appearance. When Jesus Christ sits on the throne, his holiness is so bright and so pure. The Bible actually says in Revelation chapter 1 verse 16, and he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. When Jesus sits on this throne and people are brought before him to be judged, they'll say, no, no, I don't want to stand in front of him. No, 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 I want to run. I want to hide. I I don't want to stand in front of him. He's too bright. He's too holy. He's too honorable. No, I don't want to stand. And they look everywhere to try to find a place to hide, but they cannot find any. Young people, you might have found places to hide to commit your sins, but at this judgment, there is no place to hide. And as he sits on this great white throne, people are running everywhere trying to find a place to hide, and there's no place to hide. You are coming face to face with your sin. You have hid it from your parents, You've hid it from your pastor. You've hid it from your friends. You've hid it from every single person. Now, for the first time for some of you, you will stand before a holy, just God, and you will have to answer for every single sin. His appearance shineth like the sun, and people are running away to hide, but there's no place to hide. Then let's look at, look at his character. The Bible speaks about God. God is omniscient. He knows all things. See, you would rather, and I, let me tell you what I want. If I were you, and I was at this judgment, and to be honest, even at the other judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, I would want a human judge. These, I hear people say it. I don't know if they still say it now, but, but um, they, they say it in, in our country. I don't know where they got it from. They say, they say this, only God can judge me. That is the dumbest thing you could say. I, the last person I want to judge me is God. I want you all to judge me. You know why? Because all you can see is this right here. You don't see what's going on in here. You don't see what's going on in here. You don't see what I do in the dark. All you see is what I see. So you can say, hey, he's a good guy. He's a bad guy. I want y'all to judge me. I don't want God to judge me. He's omniscient. The Bible says in Psalm, 40, sorry, in Psalm 94, verse 8 and 9, it says, Understand ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the air, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? You truly believe 
that God doesn't hear the words you say when he was the one that created your ears? You actually believe that God doesn't see your deeds in the dark when he was the one that created your eyes? Then it says in verse 11, it says, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man. I don't want that person to judge me. I don't want, I don't want this. Uh, you judge me. Please send a judge to judge me. Send a human being. Send a bunch of teenagers. Send a bunch of pastors. Send anybody. But not God. Not Jesus. He knows everything about me. He's omniscient. He's just. The Bible says in Isaiah 45, verse 21, Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord, and there is none beside me? A just God and a Savior, there is none beside me? Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what that means. When Jesus judges you at the judgment seat of Christ, there's no need for an appeal. He is just. There's no need for you to get a lawyer. He is just. He knows everything about you. He knows everything you've ever done. And he is just. He will give you the punishment you deserve. You don't have to worry about it. His character, he's omniscient. And then the question is, who will be judged? Who will be judged at this great white throne judgment? Here's what it says. Verse 12. And I saw, John seeing a vision, and I saw the dead, small and great. So who's going to be at this judgment this, this great white throne judgment. Who's, who's going to be there? Let, let's, let's take a roll call. Who's going to be there? Small and great in age. There'll be some teenagers at this judgment. And there'll be some grandparents at this judgment. Small and great in age. Small and great in political power. Most of you in here can't even vote yet. You'll be at this judgment seat. And the presidents and kings and dictators around the world will also have to stand at this judgment. Who else? Those who are aged, those who are political, those who have money. Some of you in here are so broke, you cannot even pay attention. <laughs> Several of them, youth pastors and pastor's wives, they're going to catch that in the bus on the way home. Oh, that's what he meant. <laughs> there are those billionaires will be in the same line with the guys who live on the street waiting to be judged. And those who are social, those who got a million followers, and those who don't even have a phone to be online, they'll be standing in line waiting to be judged. John said, I saw the, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. 
These are the unsaved. These are those who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. So we understand who is going to do the judgment. We understand who is going to be judged. Jesus sits on the great white throne. The dead, small, and great shall be judged. But what shall he judge? Notice what it says in verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And the books, plural, was open, were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So what's going to be judged? Your works. So it's going to be when you stand to be judged and it's your time to be judged, maybe an angel opens up and he says, John Brown, step forward to be judged. And John Brown stands there. He could be a millionaire. He could be a pauper. He could be a king. He could be a slave. John Brown, in 1989 at 7.54, you stole from your job. In 1989, January 5th, you lied about stealing. In February 13th, you stole again from your own family. Folks, every sin you've committed, you were given account for. Can you imagine how long some people will be standing there? I guess a better question question is, how long will you be standing there? Every single sin. Remember now, there's some sins, there's some sins nobody knew about. Oh no, remember the one that sits on the throne, he's omniscient, he knows all your sins. Every single sin? Yeah. Preacher, what sin? Anything that you do, say, or think that displeases God. You say, well, I'm not a sinner. I'm not a bad person. Okay, fine. You you say you're not a bad person? Okay, fine. There's something in the Bible called the Ten Commandments. I'm not going to go through all ten. I'm just going to go through four or five. The Ten Commandments is God's measuring stick to see if you're good or evil, righteous or wicked. I'm just going to ask you about three or four questions. Have you ever told a lie? If, you've, if you're in here and you've ever told a lie, raise your hand. And my hand is raised. My hand is raised. I've told a lie. Okay? Put your hands up. People who lie, what are they called? Liars. Okay? Okay. If you've ever stolen something before, and I'm raising my hand because I've stolen before. If you've ever, ever stolen before, raise your hand. Have you ever stolen before? Okay. People who, who steal, what do they call? 
feels, all right? All right. Have you ever, and I'm raising my hand, have you ever taken God's name in vain? In other words, you said, oh my, and put God's name there. If, have you ever done that? Raise your hand if you've ever done that. Okay, not as many. Okay, yeah, some of you do that. Okay, hands down. Have you ever disobeyed your parents? <laughs> it's like, they didn't wait till I finished the sentence, <laughs> Dr. Lucan. They didn't wait. Have you ever disobeyed? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me, buddy. That's me. I'm, uh, I did that today. Um, Mom said not to go on the trip, but I hopped on the bus. <laughs> so that would be someone who is disobedient, right? Right? Have you ever lusted after someone? Don't raise your hands. They weren't as quick with that one. <laughs> ever watch something online or music video or something on TikTok and it was provocative and sensual and you kind of lusted, male on female, female on you just lusted? You say, oh, that's a lust? No, actually the Bible calls that adultery. And don't, don't raise your hand for this one either. Don't raise your hand for this one. The Bible says in, in Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, it says, thou shall not kill. And a lot of people think, well, whew, I haven't killed anybody. But the Bible actually says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. If you've ever hated someone for whatever reason, you're guilty of murder. Now, I just went over a couple of the Ten Commandments. I didn't even do all. And for some of you, you just recognize from the Ten Commandments that you are a lying, stealing, disobedient, adulterous murderer. And every single one of those sins, you will stand before Jesus Christ at the great white throne, and he will go over every single one. And I could imagine this. You know what I could imagine? This is what I could imagine. John Brown, April 12th. 1985, you took God's name in vain. And I could imagine him saying this. I can imagine John saying this. I didn't know taking God's name in vain was a sin. I, I was just doing what my friends did. I didn't know. You can't. Hey, hold on. I'm innocent. I didn't know taking God's name in vain was a sin. This is my, my belief. My belief. When it says, and the books we're open. I believe there is a book that has all of our sins, and I believe there's a Bible. Because of people like John Brown, who says, well, I didn't know it was a sin to take God's name in vain. And the same person reading these sins opens up to Exodus chapter 20 and says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Well, 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 Jesus, you can't punish me for that. And could you imagine him saying this? This is, what, this, is what I, this is what I feel will happen. God wrote it in the Bible. If you never chose to read the Bible to find out what God commands, is that God's fault? That's your fault. 
You, you said you don't care about the word of God. You said you would sit in church and rather be on your cell phone than listen to the word of God. And now you want mercy and grace because you didn't know a law that you broke in the Bible? That's your fault. It's not God's fault. He wrote it. We go and we, my wife and I, we go different places. Guess where we, we stay in hotels? We open the drawer. Bible. You go online. Bible, you see billboards, especially here in the South, you see billboards, Bible. You never chose to read God's word and you want some mercy now? I believe the books are open. You will be judged for every single sin you've committed. And those sins where you laughed in pleasure you will now cry in sorrow. There's one more book. The Bible says in verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books, plural, were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. The Bible says in verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Who is going to be judged? The dead, small and great. All your sins, all your sins written down. If you think you have some excuse, the word of God is right there. But there's still a little glimmer of hope. Because if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you made it in. John Brown, after all the judgment is done. Brown, 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 Brown. Brown. No John Brown. You want to double check? You, you, you want to try it again? Look, look again, please. Look again, please. Please, I'm asking you, please look again. Brown, 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 brown. No John Brown. The Bible says in verse number 15, And whosoever was not found, written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. So it will look something like this. The great white throne judgment, the one that sits on the throne is pure. He's great. He's never sinned. The one that sits on the throne knows all things. The one that's being judged, he could be great. He could be small. He's going to be judged from all of his sins. 
And if he has an excuse and he believes, I have a viable, reasonable explanation of why I sinned against you. You had the law. You chose to disobey it. And when they look for his name, not here. Cast him into the lake of fire. And folks, that is what will happen at the great white throne judgment. And you will be cast into the lake of fire where there is torment, there is burning, there is darkness, there is weeping, there is gnashing of teeth, there is no hope, there is no escape, there is no mercy, there is no love, there is nothing left but punishment from Almighty God. So question today, do you want to stand at this judgment seat? That's your choice. I'm a messenger. I'm just telling you what's going to happen. You will be, when you stand in line, if you, if you reject salvation this, this day, and you stand in line to be judged at this judgment seat of Christ, you will know everything that's going to happen. All my job was to inform you. But this book, the Lamb's Book of Life, it's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Why, why do you call it the Lamb's Book of Life, preacher? In the Old Testament, whenever someone sinned, they would have to do a sacrifice. They would have to kill an animal. A lot of times it was a lamb, a sacrificial lamb. And they would take that lamb and they would sacrifice that lamb and his blood would be spilt. And when the lamb died for the sins of the people, God was satisfied. So I sinned, the priest sacrifices a lamb because of my sin, God is pleased with me because of the sacrifice of the lamb. Well, what used to happen is, the book of Hebrews tells us this, they would have to do sacrifices every year, over and over and over and over and over, until one day when God says, I'm tired of all of these lambs, I'm going to send the perfect sacrifice. I'm not going to sell, send just a lamb. I'm going to send the lamb of God. And the lamb of God came to this earth and he died on a cross as a sacrificial lamb. And all of your sins he died for. He hung on a cross bearing your sins and mine. All of us lying, adultering, disobedient, adulterous murderers. All of our sins. And he died as a sacrificial lamb for you. Once you accept his sacrifice, because your good works can't get you to heaven. Going to church can't get you to heaven. Being baptized can't get you to heaven. The only one that can get you to heaven, the Bible says, Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Who is the me? The Lamb. 
if you place your faith in the Lamb, he will then write your name in the book. And once your name is in the book, it never comes out. And all the sins that you committed, as if you never sinned. So young people, you have a decision to make today. You want to pay for your sins at the great white throne judgment or do you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ and have your sins forgiven and have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. We are going to have what we call an invitation. To be very honest, there was, there's been an invitation from the start of this whole, whole week. We're going to give you a time to make some major decisions. As Dr. Beale said, don't worry about the games. The games will be there, no problem. Food will be there. Hey, we, we, we have it all planned and ready for you guys. Don't worry about that. But right now, we're talking about where you will spend eternity and if you have to stand before the, the great white throne judgment. Whether it's one of the folks that brought you here, your youth pastor, youth leader, youth pastor's wife, or whether it's one of the students, whether it's myself, whether it's any one of us, we want to help you with this decision. We want to help you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And so we're going to have an invitation, and what's going to happen next, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen next. I'm going to pray. I'm going to have you bow your head, not yet. I'm going to have you bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going to have everybody keep their head bowed and their eyes closed, except the leaders in the back. And if you say, preacher, I don't want to go here. I want to receive Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to stand, and someone will come and get you. You come out in the aisle, and before you finish coming out the aisle, either your pastor, youth pastor, youth leader, somebody, someone from here will, will get you and take you to a quiet place where you can make things right with God. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, God, and I pray that your word would have already and would continue to draw people to Christ. And I pray, Father, that you would save the lost. I pray that there'd be no one today that would have to stand before the great white throne judgment. I pray that they would receive the Lamb of God. 